Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today, Wednesday, December 5th, marks our 111th program. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists, and I'm, of course, your host for today's program, Training CDI Staff. Uh, I'm joined today by a, my co-host at left, Linnea Archibald. You may recognize Linnea as the Actus Editor. In this role, she assists us in the research and development of CDI products, including books, webinars, e-learning, and uh, the online publication CDI Journal, CDI Strategies, as well as our popular Actus blog. Uh, you may probably have also interacted with Linnea online through social media. She's in charge of our social media platforms, um, and I'm glad to have her on the show. So welcome, Linnea. Thanks, Brian. It's great to be here. All right. Next, I'd like to introduce our industry guest today for her first appearance on Actus Radio, hopefully not last. We have uh, Sheila Duhon. Uh, Sheila is the National Director of Clinical Documentation Improvement Education at Tenet Healthcare in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Sheila has an extensive background that includes over 40 years of nursing experience in the acute care clinical setting with critical care, leadership, teaching, and CDI experience. Her peers also regard her as a subject matter expert in CDI. Uh, her passion for this profession is manifested in her daily mentoring and teaching with the CDI specialists across tenants, acute care facilities nationwide. Uh, you may recognize Sheila for her involvement in Actus as well. She was a speaker at our 2017 national conference, and she's going to be talking a little about this later today. She recently authored our newest Actus book, uh, CDI Workbook, Investigating Complex Cases and Formulating Queries. So welcome to the program, Sheila. Thank you very much, Brian and Linnea. I'm thrilled to join you today. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you. All right. We're going to go ahead and start with a poll question related to today's topic and ask you to click the choice that best pertains to you. So the question reads, does your organization provide ongoing training for your CDI staff? And your options are, yes, we have organized regular trainings by our organization. Uh, yes, we receive training, but occasionally or maybe as needed. No, it does not, but it does provide some level of assistance for memberships or conferences, etc. cetera. Um, no, maybe you're on your own completely or not applicable if you're not in a healthcare organization. So again, does your organization provide ongoing training? Yes, you know, full, formal, organized, regular trainings. Yes, uh, as needed. No, but it does provide some assistance, monetary or otherwise, for things like memberships. Uh, no, you're totally on your own or not applicable. All right, we've got Probably close to 80% of our audience have voted, so I'm going to go ahead and we will close this out and we will come back to the poll in uh, just a few minutes. All right, as I noted, our guest today is Sheila Duhon. Sheila, 
Welcome to the program, and thanks for being a part of Actus Radio today. Um, thanks, Brian. You know what? Yeah, thrilled to have you on. I guess I have to say that that picture we're showing on the screen of Sheila was was taken at the uh, Actus Symposium, the Outpatient CDI Symposium recently, and uh, she's showing her new training workbook she's written for us. I think she's very proud of the work, and she should be. Uh, but I thought we could start by um, talking a little bit about um, a little bit about your background at Tenant and what your current role entails, because it is very much tied to today's topic about training and educating CDI staff. So maybe you can give our audience a little background. Sure, sure. So as you mentioned, Brian, I've I've got over four decades um, in the registered nursing background, and most of that is in critical care and PACU for about 30 years. And for about the last 13 years, I've been in the clinical documentation improvement um, session section. Um, CDI came to me as a real career change. It was totally a new focus and challenge, and it really broadened my horizons and the scope of what I could see in terms of the organization and how it affected the organization, as opposed to being in the intensive care unit, caring for a couple of patients and everything for a 12-hour shift was focused directly on those patients. So it, so it broadened things up. I find that CDI is a fascinating and challenging and new world every day. Every day something is different. I learn something every day. I learn when I teach. My students learn when I teach, but it, it's a very interactive relationship. So I actually worked in the CDI field eight years as a CDI specialist, and then for the past, going on five years now, as the national director for CDI education for my organization. So in that role, I, along with our leadership team and our CDI management team, we set the pace, the focus, and the direction, the mission of our program. So having said that, I just want to say that I absolutely love what I do. I love CDI. I think it's fascinating. I get bored um, fairly easily when things are stagnant and it's the same thing day after day, and it never is in the CDI world. Every record you go into is a different record, is a different scenario. You can make different impacts. Um, it's, it's all very challenging and keeps me on my toes. And I would be remiss if I did not mention that in our organization, we have a great group of our, what I call boots on the ground, CDI managers that handle day-to-day -day operations and education follow-up that I, that I present to the organization. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have about almost, almost um, 80 facilities across our organization, and there's no way that I can, one person can do all the individual follow-up for the education. So it is our CDI managers and our CDSs that really make our program successful, and, and they are the heart of the program. When you have the luxury and the um, advantage of having physician engagement, whether that be through a physician advisor or a chief medical officer, then that's even greater a win-win for the organization, your program, the physician, and most importantly, and the reason we do it all, is for the patient, for the integrity of the patient's medical record. Right, that's great. I love, I love, love the passion, Sheila. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I do I'm too. Confused with that. 
Uh, Sheila, you know that I, I always love chatting with you about CDI education. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about what you see as the most important skill for a new CDI specialist to learn and maybe what's the most important piece of knowledge they need to absorb once they start that new job. Good question, Linnea. Thank you. And yes, we always love to chat. So I'm not sure that this is necessarily a new skill. But when a new CDS comes on board, one of the things I really look for when I'm interviewing and our CDI managers are interviewing is that that individual has critical thinking and analysis. And that is something that is in the nursing process and needs to flow on over to the CDI world. We need to be able to dig deep into that record and not only note what is obvious in the record, and documented but what is not because that's that's what we need to pull out of the medical record so it's it's kind of like a sherlock holmes detective approach look for the clues look for the conditions look for what the physicians are not saying just as much if not more so than what they are saying in their documentation so i think that that is a skill that any new or experienced cdi specialist really must have good command of uh, I believe that an impactful CDI specialist is really self-motivated. They're driven to explore. We always want to know the why. Why is this? Why is that? Why, why aren't they saying this? I don't understand this. And we go out and we ask questions. And that, those questions could be to the provider. I don't understand why you said this. Explain to me. Educate me. Teach me about this so that I will know what that documentation means in this record and in your other records in which you state it that way. So really having that passion for understanding the why. So the one, say, important piece of knowledge, I, I don't know that you can say there's just one, but you've got to push yourself every single day. Learn every day. You'll never know it all, but finding where to get the answers is invaluable. And I remember as a brand new CDI specialist out on the unit, I had one physician who was always challenging me. And it got to the point where I really didn't want to see him every day because I knew he was going to challenge me. But at the end of about a year on site, he actually turned to another physician and said, you need to listen to her because she knows what she's talking about. And I realized that he had actually been one of my best advocates the entire first year because he did push me to learn, to find the questions, the answers to the questions he had about coding because coding was a brand new world to me. I came from a clinical world and I didn't understand a lot of that. So it really is critical to, to develop um, that, that curiosity and, and really push for it. As well as another, I think, really critical point is to have good interpersonal skills and relationships. Build on those relationships with your providers, with your physicians, with their um, nurse practitioners, with their um, physician assistants, because those are the people that in the beginning tend to think that we're a nuisance and we are just interrupting their day. But when you have these conversations over and over and over again, and you begin to demonstrate um, the impact that their documentation has, and that you are really there for that, 
And then they realize that you're on their team. You're not on the opposite side of the fence. So build that relationship. It's not a, an us versus them. That's great. You know, it's really important. Um, Sheila, you touched on like learning every day, being a lifelong learner. I think a lot of people are still under the impression, oh, I, you know, I graduated from college. I learned all I need to know. Now I started my career and I just, you know, work every day. But I, I, I think you've really touched on something important there. Um, yeah, that's exactly, Brian. Exactly. I think that's the beauty of CDI is you get to learn, you get to push. Because as a bedside nurse, and most of our CDI specialists are nurses. However, we have foreign medical graduates, and we also have coders that have come into the profession. But the, from those right. nursing, from the nursing background, we are so driven and task-oriented that we don't have time sometimes to think about the why. And that's what I think is one of the beauties of this type of position. Yeah. Could you maybe talk a little bit about the most successful training approaches or techniques for CDI staff that you have encountered or developed um, over the years? You know, there, there are many approaches. I've heard one-on-one -on -one training sessions, or maybe it's more effective to do group work, reaching more people. Um, you know, there's, there's a lecture approach, there's peer-to-peer. -peer. What, what, I know we don't have a lot of time, but what, what, what do you think is the most effective way to train and educate? Well, Actually, I guess the, the answer to my question is, I don't feel that there's just one approach. I don't believe there's a one approach fits all. I think a combination is best. We are, we are talking about adult learners. We each learn in different ways. And once you spend time with the learner, you can adapt your approach to their specific learning needs. So all of the approaches that you talked about, Brian, definitely have their place. And in my experience as our national educator, we have many facilities, um, many states, many CDI backgrounds, and we do bring in several approaches. We do require that all of our CDI specialists attend CDI boot camp, and that's invaluable as a launching point. It gives them a little bit of a foundation to, to understand the CDI process, but it's not something that once they go to boot camp, then they, they, they've got it all down and they move forward. It's something that they're relearning and learning and learning all over again every single day as they're in the practice of CDI, which I might add is one reason why I fully support um, for the um, CCDS credentialing that ACTUS um, provides. Uh, the requirement is that you are a CDI specialist for two full years before you can even sit for that certification exam. I have had CBSs ask me to sign that for an exception for that, and I will not do that because I do believe it is it's the development process. So we start with with formal education. We have systems, we have courses, we have programs in place. Uh, we have an internal SharePoint site in which we have many resources available to the CDI specialist, and then we have the. Um, the CDI managers, as I alluded to earlier, our CDI management team is the boots on the ground giving those, those new CDI specialists the support that they need on a, on a daily basis. I also think that AHIMA and ACTA standards, um, the, uh, the basic tenets of CDI, the regulatory agencies um, are all important to be very, very aware, keenly aware of, of what they're uh, standards are and we follow them.
All right, thanks. Thanks, Sheila. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna add one more thing there, is that I, I believe that when you have a new CDS specialist and we're giving them all this information, and it may be a very experienced clinician, but they don't know anything about the CDI process and coding and that type of stuff. We need to set goals, reasonable goals on a regular basis and work with that new CDI specialist to, to ensure that they are getting the support they need, the, the uh, materials they need, the, that they understand. If we have to go back a step and review something that we've already reviewed, no problem, let's do it. We wanna get the fundamentals right. That's great, thanks Sheila. Um, could you talk a little bit about how to train CDI specialists in record reviews? I know that's sort of the the cornerstone of CDI's work. Um, as as I've heard you say on many occasions, it's chart reviews and queries. Um, do you recommend that the new folks sit side by side with someone and review records together, or should they be reviewing their past work for missed opportunities? Um, and is there anything that you really look for in a CDI educator, someone who's gonna train these new folks up in the way of CDI, so to speak? Yeah, so great question too. And this is really, this is really quite the challenge because not only do we need all that whole clinical mindset, the critical analysis thinking and assessment, but then we're in the world where we have uh, high tech and our CDI specialists are expected oftentimes to toggle between two, three, sometimes even four software, plot, software platforms all at the same time. And it's like we're juggling all these balls. And so it really takes someone who's able to focus and tune into the record and tune out all the distraction, seamlessly go back and forth between these programs. And what we find is that it takes some one-on-one, -on -one, um, sitting with them with a seasoned, experienced, um, knowledgeable, uh, high-performing CDI specialist, working with these new, the new ones, bringing them on board, and, and teaching them how to, how to navigate through these platforms, this software, and how to then navigate from one software to the other and, and bringing the impact there. Then there's the whole thing about query writing and, and that, that's an entirely different and huge ball of wax just in and of itself is how to write queries, how to write them compliantly. And that takes practice and most CDI specialists when they're new are kind of hesitant to write a query. What if I make the doctor mad? What if I don't do this right? Because we know we are, there are such strict regulatory guidelines as to what we can and cannot do in our query writing. We cannot lead, we cannot you know, infer things. And so it's very, very important that we give them the, the platforms, we give them all the written knowledge, we give them the boot camp or the formal education, but it all comes together when they're sitting down with the seasoned CDI specialist and they're actually practicing and putting it into, into, into play. And it's gonna be slow at first, and we expect that. And in our organization, we do not expect our brand new CDI specialist to be performing at the productivity and performance level that we expect a seasoned CDI specialist. There is definitely that learning curve there. That's great, so, so one-on-one one on one to start, yep. Right, right. 
So as far as what do I look for as a CDI educator, um, I, I think that you were wanting to know some about what, what skills, what does that new CDI specialist need? And as I stated in the book that, that we, was just published, this is not a profession for the faint of heart. If, if you're a wallflower, probably not the best profession to be in. This person as a CDI specialist needs to have good interpersonal skills, needs to be able to, um, to speak uh, fluently and knowledgeably to well-educated people. Those are the physicians and our, our um, administrative team. We need to understand, we need to know, and we need to believe in the mission for the CDI program at our facility and to be able to articulate that. Um, above all, I think we need to have a very professional appearance in terms of being compliant with integrity at all times. I think that several CDSs that may be listening can be nodding their heads saying, Yep, I've heard this before when I ask a physician a query and present that query and the physician says, well, just tell me what you want me to say. What is it you want me to document? What is it you want me to diagnose? And, and we've kind of all been there. And that's not what it's about. It's about CDI is about integrity and about the truth in the record according to the physician's independent clinical judgment. So it's not up to us. And so I answer to them when they say, what, what do you want me to write? My response is, I want you to write what you think in your clinical independent judgment is going on with your patient clinically to the greatest specificity that you can give me. Mm -hmm. All right. You know, that's some great stuff, Sheila. Some really good takeaways here and, and some ideas for training new staff. Um, you know, we are going to go back to our poll at this time, but really some uh, really appreciate your time and, and expertise on this. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, and I'd also like to get a little bit to your book in just a moment here as well, which I think is another helpful resource for folks that could be, can, you know, need to train their CDI staff and uh, to get them started. So, but let's, let's bounce back to our poll at this time. So again, we did ask folks, um, does your organization provide ongoing training for your CDI staff? So you should be seeing the poll results on the screen, but for those listening in uh, via our, our new podcast option here, uh, 30, the highest percentage said, uh, 35% said yes, we received training, but occasionally or as needed. Uh, the next highest bucket was the, the top one, first one, yes, they do have organized regular trainings, 34% said that. So those are our two biggest buckets. 14% um, said no, but it provides assistance for things like memberships or perhaps books or other products, conferences, et cetera. 14% uh, um, indicate that they're on their own for training entirely. And two plus 2% 2 not applicable. So maybe I'll start with you, Sheila. Any, any thoughts on our poll results? Uh, yeah, my first, my my initial reaction is I really, really, really feel for those that are on their own because it's a very difficult profession to excel at if you don't have much resources to help you. So I really feel for that. Um, I'm not surprised with the other two being in the 34 and the 35%. I think that some organizations have dedicated educational resources for CDI and some do not. 
And in those that don't, it's probably the operations for CDI um, team and leadership that, that's trying to bring in the educational component. So I'm not surprised with that either. Yep. Any thoughts at all, Linnea, or on the poll? Yeah, just one. I'll, I'll echo what Sheila said and also add for those folks that you are on your own or maybe you've got some assistance, but you're you don't have kind of organized training opportunities. If you're in a state with an Actus local chapter or if there's an AHIMA component nearby, uh, try to get looped in with them. They can be a great wealth of information and, you know, looking beyond your own facilities walls might be uh, your next best option or even just another great option to combine with your regular training. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great call, Linnea. Um, and of course, Actus Radio remains a a free option, so hopefully this has been helpful. Okay. All right. Well, at this point, I'm gonna we're gonna switch to our uh, in the news segment. Um, again, in the news is a regular feature bringing you the latest industry updates relevant to the CDI profession and to Actus. Today, I wanted to discuss an important update to a news story we first brought you back on the August 29 Actus Radio regarding a lawsuit brought against Providence Health and Services by a data ana and excuse me data analysis firm Integra Med Analytics. So what I'm showing here on the screen um, is the initial report that I saw released back on August 15th. Uh, this is by Modern Healthcare. So at the time um, to refresh and recap uh, this facility, Providence Health and Services, located in Renton, Washington, had been hit with a lawsuit alleging that it violated the False Claims Act through purposely upcoding Medicare to increase reimbursement. And this lawsuit was for, uh, is for $188.1 million um, in claims over, it alleged, over seven years. So, um, you know, the lawsuit is available via public documents. Um, it's called pacer.gov if you want to actually look those up. But the, it, it claimed that Providence, with the help of an outside consultant, pushed their physicians to add secondary diagnoses when documenting treatment for higher reimbursement. Uh, that firm was, uh, was J.A. Thomas. They're named in the suit. The suit also alleged that physicians allegedly received a kickback if they replied um, with the requests. Uh, Providence spokesperson person did not um, have any, um, said she received a partial version of the complaint and, and the federal government had not intervened in the litigation. So since then, we now know that CMS um, has not, uh, has declined to join the case, uh, which frankly doesn't look like a good sign for its survival. Um, and Providence Health, as well as its lawyers, have issued a call for dismissal, a strong call for dismissal of the case. Again, um, these documents, that the, the legal documents are available out there. If you'd like to Google them, they're on pacer.gov. We can't share them with you here. We have summarized just the latest update on the case. You should be seeing this on your screen. This was in our latest issue of, uh, of CDI strategies. Uh, so in part, um, they, uh, Jay Thomas Associates and Providence Health Attorneys have noted that uh, Integra's so this is the firm that pressed the lawsuit. Purported statistical analysis of claims data puts the cart before the horse. The second amended complaint they're referring to offers no facts demonstrating that any medical record falsely documented a, a medical condition. 
without facts showing that a patient's medical condition did not support secondary diagnosis. Integra has no basis to assert that the Medicare's claim for the patient's care was improper. Um, it also says uh, that the suit offers no factual allegation about any supposedly improper conduct by a, a CDI specialist in connection with the claim. Again, noting it was all data analysis. Um, and also there was no evidence of any physician kickbacks. So um, really a strong rebuttal of this, of, this, um, of this lawsuit. There is a court date that is set for January 14th, 2019. We'll be monitoring to see if that date sticks or if the case is uh, dismissed prior. So uh, obviously an evolving story here. We're going to continue to cover it. I, I do feel like this is an important case because it's, it's troubling to me that a, a firm can just look at someone's publicly reported data and, uh, and start a lawsuit as a result without, without apparent any type of claims review or, or interviews with internal parties, um, at least that we can deduce from this. So, um, you know, I don't. You know, I, I would just say to keep following the story. I don't know if you have any quick commentary on this, Sheila. Um, no, I just think it'll be very like to interesting add. to see how this plays out. Very interesting. Right. Still, obviously, evolving here, and I do want to credit Linnea for continuing to cover this case, and we will be covering this case uh, as it proceeds or or is dismissed within Actus. All right, let's wrap up with a brief. Um, Actus update. So we've been talking a little bit about Sheila's um, new book she's written for us. Uh, Linnea did a lot of the editing and they, they had a great partnership working back and forth on the CDI workbook, which is uh, um, about investigating complex cases and formulating queries. So just in brief, I would encourage folks to check this out. If you're interested in purchasing it, it is available on hcmarketplace.com um, and you will find it there under CDI workbook. I'll put the link to this you can read the whole table of contents at your leisure here. It's a pretty meaty book. Um, it does walk through um, core CDI practice, things um, Sheila was talking about today, physician engagement, a, a compliant query practice. I think that really the, the heart of the book are these excellent case studies where it's your actual practical exercises where we're, we're providing uh, redacted medical records snippets and what the potential query would be, as well as discussion. Um, Linnea, maybe you can explain a little further just in terms of how those work. I understand there's actually places for folks to actually do the work in a workbook, making it an actual a workbook. Imagine that. That's what it's called. Um, any, any, so any, any <laughs> thoughts on the, the value in the book here? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this book was, it was a real joy to work on it with Sheila, um, and I think really all the credit goes to her for how wonderful it is. These case studies, like you said, Brian, really are the heart of the book. I think it's it's set up in a very understandable way for folks. You can work through it together, or you can work through it individually. Um, there's a lot of great options for how to use this, and there are sections for you to take notes. So the way those case studies are set up, you'll read a patient's record or, a, you know, a theoretical patient's record. Um, 
and all of their test results and the physician's documentation and all of that. And then you have a section where you can physically write in your workbook your notes that you're taking as you're diligently reviewing this record. And on a, the next page, you'll see what query uh, Sheila has determined that should be sent uh, related to that record documentation, followed by a discussion of the case and of the diagnosis or conditions that the that the patient presented with. So it's really comprehensive. I think people will get a lot of value out of it, regardless of where they are in their CDI careers. Um, but I'll, I'll keep my comments brief. I could gush about it all day. Right. <laughs> well, thanks. And I hope you enjoyed working on it, Sheila. I know it was a kind of a labor of love, but um, yeah. I it think was. It's a useful, very useful book in the end here for for folks that might be interested. Thank you. All right. Well, at this point, we are going to wrap up. That will do it for today's edition of Actus Radio. We're going to be back here again in two weeks for our next program, which is how to conduct a medical record review. This is a recent Actus white paper that was covered in one of our quarterly calls. We're going to cover it here one more time for our Actus Radio listeners. So hope you can join us back here in two weeks for that, just before the, the Christmas holiday. So as always, if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can drop me an email at vmurphy at actus.org. That will do it again. Thank you again, Sheila. Thanks, Linnea, for being on the show today. And we'll see you back here in two weeks. Take care, everyone.